Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm here today uh, with several of my friends and neighbors. This is Connie and Bill Emery. We've lived in the same neighborhood for many years Mm -hmm. and worshiped together for many years. And Daniel, we actually live in the same neighborhood now too. And Serena, Serena's been part of our church family since you came to here here at U of I. Yep, and love having you as part of our church. And then my son Jay, yeah, and he actually is in the neighborhood now too. Uh, But we've gathered here actually in the very room where 42 years ago, Hathi and I started what we thought was a little Bible study. We, we were just excited to tell our friends and neighbors that God is still doing miracles. Amen. Yeah. And then God performed the biggest miracle of all. This room actually became a womb. <laughs> and, and I mean, God actually birthed a church, the Vineyard Church of Central Illinois, out of that little Bible study. And, you know, Happy and I, we're still here, living in the same house, and the church is still alive and well. And we're thankful, excuse me, we're thankful for that. Um, I mean, things change. Things have really changed (laughs) incredibly in the last couple months. Uh, But the really good news, it's the news we announced in that very first Bible study. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today. And forever. Our God doesn't change. Right. He's still a God of mercy, justice, praise God, love, healing, compassion, goodness, faithfulness, all of it. Mm-hmm. Circumstances have changed. We changed. I mean, take me for example. I decided to embrace a really humbling big change <laughs> through the pandemic. I've decided to go gray. Mm. Yeah. My real color. (laughs) I had to humble myself. Now, my daughter, Julie, she assured me, Mom, this is trendy. Happy? Not so happy. And and I had to tell Happy, I said, hey, bud, you've been going gray for like 32 years. Uh, Yeah, yeah, a long time since he was 40. As a matter of fact, he turned 72 this weekend, June 13th. Happy birthday, Happy. Um... My granddaughter said, I liked you better the other way. (laughs) Oh, well. I thought, what does God actually say? Like, that's the person I really want to please. And do you know he actually has a lot to say about gray hair in the Bible? I I loved this from from Proverbs 16.31. He said, the gray head is a crown of glory. It is gained by living a godly life. I'm going to wear that crown. Yeah, I want to reflect Mm -hmm. the incredible truth that God lives in me, that he empowers me to live differently. And then the psalmist said, even when I'm old and gray, okay, God, don't forsake me. Well, I'm not worried about that. He's not going to forsake me. But why? I love this. Until I declare your strength to this generation, but even more importantly, your power to all who are to come. come on. Mm. I can say yes to that. You know, 
I, I'm not good at posting. People know I'm pathetic. I, 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 yeah. I would agree. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at posting. I, I'm not really good at protesting. And actually, I'm glad that people are good at posting and protesting. We need all of that. I do love to pray. Mm. And I've done that faithfully for many years. Amen. And I love to proclaim. I love to proclaim the strength of our Lord, the power of our God. And so I'm going to do that today. And I hope we get to share some fresh bread. That's what we've been uh, talking about in this message series. And by that, we just mean a fresh word from God. Yeah. You know, he's always speaking. And he said, taste and see how good I am. I hope you find him good today. Um, he also encourages us who lead. He says, feed my sheep. Yes. I, I want to feed you living bread. That's what Jesus calls himself. I mean, Jesus says some pretty cryptic things. You know, we read it and kind of go, oh, yeah. And he said, I'm the bread of life. Mm. Eat me. Like, really? <laughs> he goes, yeah, eat me. And, and actually eat my flesh and drink my blood. Because if you don't, you don't even have life in yourself. Wow. Oh what Jesus, what do, you, what do you mean there? You know, it's kind of cryptic. It's kind of cannibalistic. I mean, yeah. Actually, when he said those words, uh, John recorded that in John 6, it, it says a lot of his disciples said, you're not following him anymore, and they turned their back on him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. when he said, eat me, become one with me, partake of me. And, you know, we could just say that means believe in who I am, both for you and in you. And if we believe, folks, that means we behave. We behave differently than other people. So we're going to eat that fresh bread today. Actually, we're going to literally eat because later on we're going to share communion. And I'm excited because we're actually going to eat fresh bread. Now, okay, I'll just be honest. I hate those little styrofoam, cardboard, whatever those things <laughs> amen, are. That and we, you know, and that little sip of grape juice, um, a little nip and a sip. It, it's okay. I understand why we do it. Yeah. Um, but we're actually going to literally eat fresh bread and drink real wine today. No, during the pandemic, uh, I've heard this, uh, and, and throughout the protests, even too, now lately, and I think I've probably said it myself. Why doesn't God do something? Mm -hmm. I mean, we prayed, we fasted, we've waited, we prayed, we fasted, we've waited. The truth is, he's already done something. He's already done something. <laughs> and he wants us to remember that by our actually doing something, which is sharing today in communion, the communion meal. So, like I said, we're going to drink real red wine, and we're going to eat real fresh bread today, and particularly because to really remember what Jesus did, if his body is this bread, and we break it off today, each of us, we break a piece, I, I'm sensing the Holy Spirit wants to make more real than ever how his body was broken for us. Right. His body was broken for our sin, our sickness, our violence, our hatred, yeah. 
our shame, all of it, his body was broken. And so we're going to break that bread today and we're going to remember that. And then we're going to pour out that wine. You know, wine, most of you know, is made by what? Crushing. Crushing the grapes. And Isaiah the prophet even says this. He was crushed. Jesus was crushed for our sin. It's by his wounds that we are healed. And I feel if we're going to tangibly partake in that way today, I believe we're going to honor him more fully by truly remembering the, the awesome work on the cross. And I'm just going to say this. I'll be the first to tell you, even after many years of preaching and teaching, I don't still fully understand the cross. I mean, the cross is foolishness, right? (laughs) And yet it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. So Holy Spirit, help us, (laughs) you know, come and and teach us as we look at this. So uh, Jesus actually gave us some very, very real and and meaningful instructions. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to just quickly look at a couple of those. And Bill, I'm going to ask you to get ready to read this because... On, uh, in the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul makes a comment. He's the writer to the Corinthians. He said, I received my instructions concerning the communion meal from the master himself. Okay, <laughs> we better listen. He said, I passed them on to you. So would you read, Bill? It's in 1 Corinthians 11, 24 through 25 in the message uh, translation. Sure. The master Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, took bread. Having given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body broken for you. Do this to remember me. After supper, he did the same thing with the cup. This cup is my blood, my covenant with you. Each time you drink this cup, remember me. Thank you, Bill. As I was meditating on that, something leapt out at me like it hadn't before. On the night of his betrayal, the night when he personally, our Lord and Savior, would experience intense violence, beating, whipping, his very own people demanding, crucify him, crucify him, all because one of his closest friends had betrayed him. This is our master whose body was broken for us, whose blood flowed for us. Well, before we actually break that bread and drink that wine, I think it's really important to know this. And again, I've read this scripture many times. I've preached this scripture and I, I, it never has stood out to me before like it has in the past couple of weeks, maybe because of what's happening, of all the unrest and the, the violence and the hatred and the, the you know, bringing to the forefront years of uh, injustice. I discovered Paul is very clear and he's speaking under the anointing of the spirit when he wrote this scripture. He tells us it's actually really dangerous to participate to share in communion in the wrong way. It's like, whoa. And he's not talking about the ways the church has fought about this for centuries, like Protestants, Catholics, Orthodox. I mean, everybody fights about, you know, is it 
do we do it every day? Do we do it once a year? Do we, does the blood become, uh, does the wine become blood? Do we use grape juice? Ah, no, I'm not talking about that. Because that's not what Paul's talking about in uh, 1 Corinthians 11. Uh, no, he's talking about a whole other situation that he said, I'm, I'm telling you, this is a serious situation. Because if this is done in the wrong way, there are consequences. And he, he is in the whole uh, chapter here, he's describing a get-together, uh, kind of like this, just a church group, uh, and people are gathering, and they're having a big potluck, and then they're sharing communion, but whoa, he said, I can't believe what's happening. There's all kinds of divisions and cliques, and who's in, who's out, who's poor, who's rich. I mean, mm. sounds like as contemporary as can be. And, and he's mortified by this. And, and you know, he, he's like, he, he said, you know, if you're going to eat uh, the bread and drink the cup of the Lord in the wrong spirit, you're going to be guilty of dishonoring this broken body and this shed blood. He said, so, hey, examine. Examine and evaluate your attitude. And so then eat the bread and drink the cup. For, here's the warning, continually eating and drinking with the wrong spirit will bring judgment mm. upon yourself by not recognizing the body, not just Christ's broken body, but the body that we are now as his, his people on earth. We are his body. We're not recognizing the beauty and, and value and worth and even equality of one another. No, we're not. We're demonstrating that by what we're, how we're fighting and, and humiliating other people and exalting ourselves. And then he goes on. What's the consequence? This insensitivity is why many of you are weak, chronically ill, some even dying. <laughs> Whoa, I'm not saying everybody who's sick is guilty of this. I'm just saying reading the scripture. He said, if you, if you do not sit in judgment of others, you will avoid judgment yourself. Wow. Okay. Like, I, I don't want to get sick, <laughs> chronically ill, die. What's the wrong spirit he's talking about? Well, again, let's look at the context uh, of, of the entire gathering, it, he said, the wrong spirit is we have contempt. Mm. We have contempt. We have contempt for one another. We, uh, we, we're judging, judging you like a nah, little less than me or in a disdainful or a disgusting way. With, I, I was just struck again this week how this is so rampant. And he's talking to believers here now. I'm not talking to people who don't know Jesus. He's just like, yeah, we're judging one another for our politics, for our expressions of faith. I mean, right now in this pandemic, we judge one another's response to the pandemic. We judge whether our church is open or our church is closed. We judge decisions that our pastors have made, our leaders have made. We're, we're judging. And now, of course, with all the racial unrest, it's so prominent. It's like, it's explosive, this judgment, this contempt. But what, what, what Paul is keying in on is he goes, you need to understand this contempt that we have for one another or for the church. That's synonymous with contempt for Christ himself and wow. contempt 
for the cross that we are going to celebrate wow. here in a moment. I know. Now, I want to be clear. When he says, like, judgment will come, it isn't God sending judgment. I want you to know God already sent judgment mm-hmm. onto Jesus. We're all guilty, you know, right? We were all guilty. Jesus bore our judgment on the cross. That's the glorious message of the cross. You know, he took on our judgment for our sin and our sicknesses and our hatred and our prejudice and and all. He took on that judgment. We were guilty. Jesus is both the judge and the justifier. Yeah. So he's not saying God's going to zap you for this. I'm going to tell you what he's saying. Uh, Well... I want to back up. (laughs) I have an opinion of what I think he's saying. And, um, and, and, you know, this, okay. When we behave in such a way that dishonors the blood and body of Jesus by our treatment of one another, by judging one another, by disdaining one another, by hating one another even, when we behave in such a way, you know what? We're telegraphing to all the demonic strongholds that Jesus already dismantled. All the demonic strongholds of racism and violence and hatred and all of it. We're we're telegraphing, hey, we're in your camp. We're in your camp. We have a real enemy. He's been defeated and dismantled, but he's not departed. Okay, so that's one way. And and also, if, if we're subjecting by our behavior this judgmental behavior, this contemptuous behavior, we just have removed ourselves, in my opinion, out from under the beauty of the new covenant that he made with the blood, the covenant that protects us, the covenant that provides for us. So I want to make sure we're not blaming God for the judgment. Okay. He's not, he's not sending it. So, okay. What's the solution? (laughs) Well, obviously stop judging. Yeah. And can I just say, this has been a long road of learning for me. No excuses. You know, Christians are notorious for being judgmental. You, you ask anybody on the street. I could just go outside right now and say, what do you think of Christians? Judgmental. <laughs> okay, been there, done that. I, and I've been you know, taken to the woodshed, so to speak, by the Holy Spirit. Oh, over and over, and in very profound ways that this isn't the time, actually, to share all that story or all the different instances, just to say, you know, he's told me, take off the judge's robe, die. <laughs> you know, you don't, don't look at that neighbor who eats differently, drinks differently, dresses differently, talks differently. You don't, you don't judge them. And I, I've, been do, I've done that uh, to my neighbors. I Happy and I were thinking about saying, who should we invite over? Who could we share the gospel with? Like, oh, no, not, not the professor. I mean, he, he's an atheist. Eh, nah. I, I don't, he's not savable, you know, in the sense. Or nah, that mother with the three, she's single mom. She's got those three uh, vandals. No, no. It's like, whoa. So he's taught me this. And one of the most profound ways Uh, He took me to a text, a familiar text in Matthew 7, that Jesus is speaking again. And he said, do not judge. (laughs) Couldn't get much plainer. (laughs) Or you, and you will not be judged. It's that simple. Then he goes on, he goes, why are you worrying about that speck in your friend's eye when you have a log Mm. in your own? Wow. Whoa. (laughs) 
said, you can't see past that log in your own eye, so get rid of it. Remove the log. Get, get rid of the log that's in your eye. Well, okay, well, what is the log? Now, I, I've misunderstood this, and I think I've mistaught this in the past, that, okay, I've got to remove that log. That means uh, i got to introspect. Okay, what, what sins are, are in my life? Like, have I done this wrong or that wrong? I've got, I've, got to, I've got to clean up my act. So what? So I can clean up my neighbor's act. Yeah, so I can see him or her clearly. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Folks, that's religion. That's judgment. No, what he was teaching me, he said, Di, I want you to remove the log of judgment from your eye. It's obscuring, first of all, your ability to see the Lord, you know, to actually see what he's done. I mean, we know this. We, we, we know this. The cross, Jesus took all of our judgment. Not all, just ours, for the world. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to be that sacrifice. <laughs> so... He took all that judgment. Right. You know, the cross, it, it's not about like, okay, now you guys, you can clean up your act. It's like, no, 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 no. The cross isn't a cleanup. It's a crucifixion. Mm -hmm. It's a crucifixion of each of us and all of our sin, all of our sinful nature. And the, the crucifixion results in what? A resurrection and to a new life. You know, we can live differently. We, we don't have to judge. We've already been judged, and we can trust him. Yes, and we can announce, he's taken your judgment. He's taken your punishment. He's taken your sin. He's taken your sickness. He's taken, it. He's taken your death. He's wiped it out. I was struck again. He wants us to remember him. Like, remove the log, remember the Lord. <laughs> remove the log, remember the Lord. And he goes, yeah, because he said to me, because I... I don't remember your sins. He's removed them as far as the east of the west. That's, That's the glory of the cross, you know. Whoa, so remove the log. Well, I've been meditating on this, and it's been part of something I've been part of my life for a long time. I don't always live it, which is why Paul says we have to remember. But a couple of weeks ago, my son Jay Early in the morning, he sends me a Marco Polo. Yeah, I'm getting pretty good on Marco Polo. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jay has a prophetic gift. And uh, th this was a very like, profound prophetic gift because he was addressing the very issue of the log. And, and I hadn't talked with Jay about this at all. I was just like, whoa, Lord, you're confirming. And so when we were gathering this church group, and we, of course, we always want others to share. That's the important part. Everybody gets to play. And so, Jay, would you be willing to share? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I was just praying, probably like most of you have done for our nation, for what's going on, for what's happened over the last three months, mm -hmm. for all the unrest, for all the injustice. And I was crying out to the Holy Spirit, first of all, do my prayers matter? Because it seems like huge issues. Mm -hmm. And when I thought, yes, mm -hmm. they do, right? Uh, the prayers of a righteous man, we're all righteous yes. if we believe in Jesus, yes. availeth much. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'm going to believe this by faith that my prayers matter, but God, I need you to, to break through, to, to show me something. And as I was walking one day, it wasn't even during my prayer time, I saw a picture in my mind's eye. Mm -hmm. And um, before I shared the picture, I want to break down that with prophecy, there's, there's three parts. 
There, there's a revelation aspect where God or the Holy Spirit reveals something to mm -hmm. you. There is the uh, interpretation aspect where you find out the meaning, and then there's the application. What do I do with it? So I'm going to share the revelation. I'm going to give you my interpretation, and then I'm going to show you how I think we can apply it as a church body. And this is the revelation part. I was on a hill in my mind's eye, a vision, and I was on this hill, and I looked across this vast plain, and I saw a vast people of God. Every tongue, tribe, race, nation was there. Yeah. And I knew it was the people of God. And I was crying out to God in my prayer, God, why is the church not more powerful? Why is more, not more stuff happening? Why hasn't this been done? Yeah. Why hasn't this justice been righted? Yeah. And I heard the voice of the Lord say, there's division in the camp. And I looked down on the vast uh, amount of people and I said, division? I said, what is it? And sometimes we need to ask God questions. Sometimes yeah, we're asking, good. sometimes <laughs> we're, at, we're, we're, yeah. we're waiting for God to speak and he's waiting for us to ask, okay? <laughs> so I want you to get that. So I asked him a question, what is the division? He said, there's a spirit of criticism and judgment within the camp of believers. And these people were believers in Jesus. They were saved. They're going to heaven. They would say they're Christians and they are Christians and they're even righteous, mm -hmm. but they were carrying judgment and criticism. And then sun began to set over the plain and dusk began to, to fall on the earth. And I saw that people began to gather in the middle and I saw people reaching into their eye. And it was so interesting. I saw people taking specks out of their eye, referencing Matthew chapter seven, <laughs> verse one through three, and throwing it into a pile. Then I saw people with sawdust, which is a little bit bigger than a speck, mm -hmm. throw it into the pile. Then I saw people that had toothpicks in their eye take the toothpicks out, throw it in the pile. And then I saw the same thing happen with twigs in people's eye, okay? Then branches and finally logs in which all these people had come and there was a great heap of wood in the middle of the camp of God. And then when the logs are put on, it was lit on fire. Wow. And I felt God said, this is a sweet smelling sacrifice and incense to me. Wow. As we, as they had taken out the judgment of their eyes, that's what he was looking for. Yes. Yeah. And what I heard him say is, with criticism and judgment, my people are hampered in their power. They're almost handicapped. But as we let that go, the full power well, of the weak. church, they're weak. They're weak. Yeah. They're, they're, they're like weak. You, like yeah. you said, we telegraph to the enemy, right? That we have judgment. Yeah. We take ourselves mm. out of. The, you can't take yourself out of the grace of God, but you can remove the power that God's yes. given you, yes. okay, yes. by by coming along in criticism, judgment of one another, of other races, of other people, of seeing people made less than what they are, which is in the image of God. Yes. And what he was saying was, that's what's been handicapping. And that was the fire that rose up. And I heard the voice clear as day, mercy triumphs <sighs> over judgment, which is a verse from James 2.13. And so that's what I saw. That was the revelation. Now, the interpretation is this, is we as a body of believers, yeah. just like you talked about in Matthew yeah. 7, verses 1 through 3, the speck and the logs, mm -hmm. that was judgment and criticism being taken out mm -hmm. and being thrown before the Lord. What's interesting is that the specks were first, right? Mm -hmm. Do you remember in John 8, in the parable of the adulterous woman? Yeah, it's not right? a parable. It's true. Uh, the, the, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you'll love it when you have a mother who's a pastor, <laughs> that when you misspeak, she can bring oh. you in. Thank you for living in community or family. <laughs> the story of that, right? What ends up happening is this, is 
it says, Jesus says, he who is without sin, throw the first stone, yeah. right? And he says that the elder people there, the elder Pharisees or believers, whoever they were, they walked away first. Mm -hmm. And then the other people walked away first. And really that's a sign of wisdom and humility. I believe the people with specs that have a humble spirit, specs in their eye, are going to be the first. But oh. they are going to model that to people wow. that have maybe a greater level of judgment, a greater yeah. level of criticism, and that's not their fault. It's a blindness, right? Yeah. yeah. They're it's not aware. Yeah, yeah, right. They're blinded. So we're not see. judging the people with the logs. But when yeah. the people with the logs put in, it was ignited. Wow. So God's saying, we don't want to leave anybody behind, right? That's good. And so the application is, is this, because that was the interpretation. Yeah. Now, this is the application is this, is the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. Holy Spirit... Lead us into all truth now. Mm -hmm. And if, we, if you're with people at home, you can just pray this. Holy Spirit, lead me into all truth. Yeah. Remove any specks, any logs, yeah. anything in between, and reveal it to me right now. Yes. And I want to throw it before you. I want to burn it. Yeah. Because you say in your word, mercy triumphs over judgment. Therefore, I want to be on the overcoming side, on the winning side, which is always on the side of mercy. Yeah. And so your choice today is, Holy Spirit, reveal where any speck or log is to me. And Lord, let it be removed. Let me throw it in the fire. And let me stand on the side of mercy. Because we know that always triumphs over judgment. Well, and that's so powerful, Jay. I mean, I sense the Spirit's even like moving yeah. like among us. So good. Mercy triumphs over judgment is actually a description of the cross. You see, it's not like us trying to be merciful. It's like we actually believe this. Mm. We, we eat of this right now, right. that mercy has triumphed over judgment, mercy for all of us, mm -hmm. and we can now live that. Jay, just uh, again, as you were speaking right now uh, and talking about us removing the log, you know, uh, at the Holy Spirit's direction and grace. Right. Like we believe grace is here. And for all of those of you who are watching, like God's ability, his empowering right. is here for us to see it and, and put it on the fire. Right. And I felt like God said, baptism of fire. Amen. It's a baptism of fire. Mm -hmm. And he's, as that's burned, a fresh empowering comes to us again to be the body, mm -hmm. to be the body that loves one another, right. on. that displays who Jesus right. really is and what he's done. Yeah. So... Whew, that's powerful. That's powerful. You know, we're going to get ready to go into to worship. But let me just step back because, again, the message was every time we come to share in the breaking of the bread and the drinking of the wine, we need to stop and say, whoa, because if there's any attitude of judgment or contempt or discord or just unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I had an opportunity this week. We had something happen in our family. It was a betrayal. And, and Jay, you know this. I mean, because you were part of this too, mm -hmm. that we had to make a choice. Will we forgive? Right. Will we forgive as he's forgiven us? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, it's never easy. It, but he never expects us to do it on our own. That's why he's come to live in us. And so just grudges, hatred, any, it, it just backbiting, like Julie talked about even last week. Um, 
Daniel, will you just read that again for us from the text uh, in, in uh, Corinthians? Were you going to read that or was Serena going to? I think you were going to read that. Yes. Uh, uh, Corinthians. Yeah. Will you read that just to remind us what Paul said? Yeah. yeah. It says, anyone who eats the bread or drinks the cup of the master irreverently is like part of the crowd that jeered and spit on him mm. as at his death. Is that the kind of remembrance you want to be part of? Examine your motives. Test your heart. Come to this meal in holy awe. If you give no thought, or worse, don't care, about the broken body of the master when you eat and drink, you're running the risk of serious consequences. That's why so many of you, even now, are listless and sick, and others have gone to an early grave. If we get this straight now, we won't have to be straightened out later on. Better to be confronted by the master now than to face a fiery confrontation later. Thank you. I, I'm inviting the master to confront all of us, all of you who are watching, all of us here sitting here right now. We have a whole crew of people here even. Just confront us now, Jesus. Show any contempt or judgment that we have stuck in our eye. We want to see you. We want to remove the log and remember really who you are, Lord, and what you've done. And throw it into the fire, the fire instead of the fiery confrontation exactly that will be there later if oh. we don't Thank and you. that's the challenge to do it now yes right? and the yes. grace yeah the to grace do to do it now let's do it now thanks for listening to the message today to experience more powerful messages go to vineyardlive.us or join our vineyard live plus community to view conferences trainings and special teachings